Welcome to the Hands in Motion podcast, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. Here we will discuss all things upper extremity therapy, from assessment to treatment, the latest research, the patient experience, and other topics related to the field of upper extremity rehab. Learn more and subscribe today at ASHT.org. Welcome back to Hands in Motion. On this episode, we have the opportunity to talk to Alessia Kerner, who was instrumental in developing a new format for the ASHT Upper Extremity Institute. We discuss how the Upper Extremity Institute was first developed and how it can be a great resource for new grads or even seasoned therapists who are new to hand therapy. Alessia also gives us a preview of what's to come with the Upper Extremity Institute. Welcome to Hands in Motion, Alessia. Hi, Alessia. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well, Steph. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. So tell us just a little bit about you yourself and where you come from. What do you do? And then how are you involved with ASHT and the Upper Extremity Institute? Okay. So I am an occupational therapist, certified hand therapist. I've been practicing since 1999, which feels kind of crazy to say (laughs) out loud, but it's been a long time. I was educated on the East Coast at Quinnipiac University and in 2001 found my way across the country to Southern California. And I've been working out here in private practices for my entire career, generally alongside of local surgeons. So I'm currently working for Select and working with a surgeon by the name of Dr. David Hay at Cedar sinai So my, you wanted to know about ASHT, I'll I'll fill you in on that. So I, I had kids and I took a little bit of time off. And when I was coming back into practice, I was feeling a little bit nervous about jumping right back in, having not been in practice for a long time. And I thought I probably should find a way to get on top of the current research. So I attended my first ASHT annual meeting and was very excited about it, but also thinking like, oh, I'm, you know, there's so many things that I don't know about or things that have changed over the past couple of years when I haven't been in practice. I wonder what other steps I could take to kind of refamiliarize myself with everything. So I was very lucky to have had mentorship with Diane Coker, who is our current president. And so I bugged her and asked her, Hey, do you have any idea of something I could do? And she said, the practice division has a need for people to write patient education resources. So I started with ASHT in 2014, I believe, writing those patient education resources. I was on the committee there. And then that got absorbed into education division. And I worked with education division, well, until now. So (laughs) it's kind of a long history. So the Upper Extremity Institute, about how long ago did that start? It's a wonderful offering ASHT has. And honestly, I attended my first one a couple months ago and it was amazing. So how did that develop? Like, what was the need for that? How did it develop? And then we're going to go into further about how it works, but let's just start there. Okay. So that's a great question. 
As far as I understand, there's a therapist whose name is Jody Moore, and she had a capstone project, which she basically gifted to ASHT, which was a a pilot program, let's say, of about a year-long study to cover hand and upper extremity rehabilitation content that is lacking in most of the university programs. I think part of her goal was to bring that content to individuals who really needed it. So let's say change of career therapists or newer grads, maybe even people who are in rural areas who only see a small percentage of their caseload in hand and upper extremity rehab. So she designed this program, gifted it to ASHT. And I was part of the initial group that started Upper Extremity Institute, which I guess this is our third pass through. The first two were kind of focused on taking content that you'd find in a textbook on any of the topics and more or less summarizing that information and presenting it in the form of a webinar. And then this year, we've kind of changed things up. And I'm sure you'll want to talk about that a little bit more. But the program was spearheaded with Jody's plan in mind, and we thought it would really fall in place really nicely with the mentoring program that we were establishing at the time. So the goal at that point was to have mentors and mentees get connected. And if they wanted to, they could follow the Upper Extremity Institute program as kind of a framework or a guide to helping them structure their mentoring. And we started our very first Upper Extremity Institute with a cap of, I believe, maybe 30 attendees and instantly realized our error when we had, you know, over 100 people who reached out wanting to attend. So the very first live webinar was attended by only a few. And after that point, we opened it up to everyone. So if, let's see, somebody wanted to get involved or start to participate in that Upper Extremity Institute, where would they begin? Is there a list of things that you need? Is there things you're supposed to read, study up on? I remember back in that first year, there was reading assignments and different things that you need to have prepared ahead of time. But how is it run now? So those are really good points. So to begin with, I'll just talk about the registration process because it's very simple. It's free to any ASHT member. And basically, you access it by going through the education tab on the website, and then you toggle down to virtual, and then you'll see Upper Extremity Institute. And on that page, you can both register for the course and see what the recommendations are for things that you should review prior to the course. So generally, I believe that website is is updated about a month before the go live webinar. The Upper Extremity Institute currently is, I think, in the fourth, tomorrow night will be the fourth go through. So you go in, you register, and if you scroll down on the page, you'll end up seeing all of the recommendations. And generally, those include textbook chapters or some of the previously recorded webinars for Upper Extremity Institute. From time to time, there are also some journal articles, but Overall, it's rehab of the hand or fundamentals of hand therapy, textbooks that you're going to generally find in most hand and upper extremity clinics. 
And we recommend that whoever is attending either read the chapters or watch the webinar in advance and maybe consider the cases that they have in their clinic that are about the topic that we'll be discussing so that they can consider any points where they're maybe stuck in how to progress a patient and ask those questions during the webinars. So I know you alluded to the fact that there's been a bit of a change that previously it was more content that might not have been in your traditional PT OT program. What is the format now of the Upper Extremity Institute? So after having run that program through two rounds and all of those recordings are in fact still available on the Upper Extremity Institute website. So you can see those again, we decided to shift gears and focus a little bit more on case-based education. So looking at an individual who, let's just throw out there, they have decor veins. What might you as a clinician expect to see? How would that person potentially present? What would be important pieces for you to evaluate? And then based on those findings, how would you progress that person not necessarily visit to visit, but, you know, over the period of time that they might be in the clinic, touching base on what exercises might you teach, what might be red flags or things that you would want to look out for to change your program. And then at what point would you feel comfortable to discharge that person? So, you know, the content is a little bit different than the the foundations that we were previously presenting on in the last two sessions, which was much more, this is decorveins, it's caused by some degeneration or inflammation through a tendon, that kind of thing. But you did say that material is still housed, that you can still access that. So that's not really stuff that's going to change tremendously. So that's always really good to go back and maybe even review some of that stuff in between, or even prior to if we, you know, you know, ahead of time, what diagnosis we're going to be discussing, you can go back and review that material prior to the the live webinar case-based study. So some technical things. So I know that it's usually done, is it on WebEx or Zoom? It's on Zoom. Okay. So how do you handle, you know, so it's really hard to have a big discussion if you do have questions. How does that work? Like if you do have questions or personal questions about your personal case that you're dealing with, how do you do that? Do you type in the chat box? Do you like, because you can't have obviously a discussion with a hundred and some people at one time. That is very true. So yeah, we've generally been using the chat function and we have a moderator who will look at the questions and While we would love to address each individual case, we try to look at the overall content and the typical progression and what would be those red flags. So questions that get put on there, the moderator will sometimes look through to try to figure out what is going to benefit the whole greater. And then in the Q&A, the moderator will ask the presenters, those specific questions, we do, because we only have about a 30 minute Q and a session, 
We do also spill over onto the e-community. So if there happens to be questions that go unanswered or maybe more specific to a case questions, then we will go on to the Upper Extremity Institute e-community and answer those questions directly there. And that e-community is found on the ASHT website. I know I am not the best about viewing that and probably didn't even, wasn't even aware of it until a couple of years ago. So I think that's something that might be important for us to mention where to find that and not even just for, for the Upper Extremity Institute. I mean, there are so many different topics and different groups that are on the e-community just for a little plug there. (laughs) That is very true. It is a great resource. And actually on the Upper Extremity Institute page, there is like a fax or a how to access the e-community, something like that, that I had put together, I think the second session. So in case somebody is new to e-community and they just don't even know how to get signed up on there, if they if they go to register, they can get those details, those instructions on how to get to the e-community. Oh, nice. So can you just speak to kind of the plan for the year? Because you said it sort of has a kind of definitive start and end with this. So how does that occur over the year? Or is it just kind of popcorn? Y'all have chosen different topics at different times, or is there a bit of a progression? How does that work? That's an excellent question. So this time around, what we decided was to kick off with specifically tissue healing timeframes. So our very first lecture, our presenter, Jill, went over what are the typical timeframes of healing for tendon, for muscle, for bone, for nerve. And then over the course of the next nine months, what we did was we basically broke down very commonly seen diagnoses in a hand and upper extremity clinic and drop those into the categories. So speaking to last month, we were focusing on tendon. And so we covered lateral epicondylosis, trigger finger, and deep core veins. And we are going to continue that progression now going through extensor tendon injuries and flexor tendon injuries, but all of them kind of fall within that framework of tendon. So you can track back and see how do tendons heal and use that information that you have going towards a conservative management of a repetitive strain injury that affects the tendon versus a traumatic injury that would affect the tendon that you might see with, you know, laceration or gunshot wound. If you miss one, so say somebody's interested in attending these, if you miss that first one, or you miss one part of the series of, you know, the tendon series, is there a way to go back and view that? Absolutely. So it does take ASHT a little bit of time, but our webinars are live on the night that we're presenting but they are recorded. And then once they go through the process of getting it up onto the website, you can view that recorded webinar at any point. And you can still ask questions on the e-community. So if you you know watched it four months later, you could still drop your question on the e-community and the presenters have all agreed that we will continue to look at that so we can answer those questions. 
So then the follow-up to that is, I know we talked about what people can do to prepare before. Is there anything, well, I know people are going to want to know this question. Can you receive CEUs for attending this? Yes, you can. And actually the way it's set up is currently most of what you need to do to prepare for this year's Upper Extremity Institute is to review the webinars from the previous Upper Extremity Institute. So now attendance for one night could actually get you CEUs from the previous one and oh, nice. the current one. <laughs> so oh, that's great. If that's people really play nice. it really well, they can get a lot of CEUs by attending this course. Absolutely. For free. Absolutely. What a nice resource. <laughs> And I know it says it's geared to zero to three years of experience, but I've been working for 20 some years and I found a lot of really good information. So, you know, I think it's open to any clinician at any level. There's always some takeaway point you can gather from just discussion with other therapists. And, and I think for those therapists that might maybe work in remote areas or maybe work by themselves. This is another way to increase collaboration with other professionals, have dialogue back and forth. And, you know, even if maybe you can't do it right over Zoom, you still have that opportunity to, you know, say, hey, I'm having an issue with this Dacravain's patient in my clinic and they just aren't getting any better and I'm doing A, B, and C. What am I missing? And, you know, can you offer any advice? And so I think it's really, really a good avenue, especially for those who don't have other therapists in their clinic. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think that's one of the nice things of having multiple presenters as well, because during the Q&A, it's not just that the one person who presented on a particular topic is the only one who can answer the question. So sometimes you might get multiple different perspectives or recommendations for how to handle something that's not really moving the way that you hoped it would. So can you tell us, give us a little preview of maybe the next couple of months, what's coming up, what we can expect from Upper Extremity Institute? Yeah, the next couple of months are definitely flexor tendon injuries, extensor tendon injuries. And then we are going to do some soft tissue stuff. So amputees, dupatrins, and then we'll be moving into fractures. I may have those orders not quite right, but something along those lines. And then arthritis. So we really did try to think about what are the most commonly seen diagnoses so that people can feel more comfortable with those most common things. And another little plug that we're excited about this year is we did put in pediatrics. So in um, yes, <laughs> so, we pediatric um, therapists appreciate that. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. So yeah, so we did have one on brachial plexus injuries in our nerve segment, and then we have one coming up on an elbow fracture. So I did start tech-wise earlier, but is there anything, you know, computer that you need, or what are some tips, you know, so that the Zoom call runs smoothly and that there's not a lot of lag? And so technical recommendations. Yeah, I think the best thing with technical recommendations is obviously you need to have a good internet connection and a, a computer or a phone that's, you know, not lagging a ton. But 
We have been recommending that people come in with their videos turned off. And that really does make a big difference in having everything run smoothly. Absolute worst case scenario, if you attend and you find that it's laggy with everybody on it, you you can go back and rewatch any parts that were challenging once the video is posted on the website. But really, there aren't any there aren't any things that you need except for a phone or a computer, Zoom, and an internet. Can you do it from an iPad? Yeah. Or a yeah, tablet? I think, okay. Yeah. I think anything that you're able to get onto a Zoom call with, you can utilize to attend. Great. Those are some great information. So you got involved with the Upper Extremity Institute. So I know like the rest of us, we are all volunteers. So everything that we do for ASHT is kind of on our own time. How do you get involved if you want to be on the opposite end and actually help with the presentations and, you know, or if that's something you're interested in doing, not just viewing the presentations? Is there a way for people to volunteer or get involved in that? Absolutely. There are a couple avenues that you can take. If you know that you are not really interested in being part of the education division, because that seems like too big of an undertaking, but you have a skill set in an area and you really want to present it, say, you know, hint, hint, pediatric therapist, you can drop in (laughs) And you could, you could be a volunteer. And I think either you could utilize the volunteer portal that's on the ASHT website or probably send an email directly to ASHT and just express your interest in potentially being part of Upper Extremity Institute as a volunteer. The secondary option would be to submit an application to join the education division. And I don't want to just plug that, but having had that be a part (laughs) of my life for years and years, it, it has been truly one of the most amazing experiences. So I think if someone is on the fence and thinking that it could be something fun to do, I obviously would highly recommend it. So speaking of volunteering and with knowing that the Upper Extremity Institute is volunteer run, about how many people have been involved in creating this? I know you've sort of led the charge these last couple of years, but how many people did it take to bring this to fruition? Wow, that's a great question. I would say a good 15. It is a lot. It is a lot. It, it was a labor of love and that is no exaggeration. We have those individuals who put together the presentations. We have individuals who help to review the presentations. Then, of course, we have all of ASHT staff that helps to get everything up and running. And I'm not even counting them in the 15. So it definitely, it was in the process, in the works for about a year before we went live because there's so much that needs to happen to get there. But I think the committee is, we'll say it's about 15 of us. Wow. That's great. And I've heard great things about it. I have not gotten to attend yet. It's on my, my calendar to attend this month, but I've heard nothing but great things and everybody has really enjoyed this new format. And I think just, I know you both have already mentioned this, but just the case-based learning, I think that's huge as a, maybe a newer new grad or even new day in therapy. I think that's, 
it's really nice to be able to walk through patient cases if they aren't coming through your clinic or if maybe somebody's not even treating in a hand clinic right now, but they want to receive that experience. Like even this is a great opportunity just to, to walk through those patient cases. And I think that's a, this has been a great addition to the education offerings for ASHT. So thank you and your team for putting this together and putting all that work in. Cause I think you've definitely developed a, an amazing product. Thank you. I feel very proud of it. I hope it keeps going for a long time. <laughs> it's just amazing to me, you know, not that I'm plugging to join ASHT, but of course you have to join ASHT. I'm amazed over the past, I would say probably five to 10 years on how much educational material that we offer that's free of charge to anyone who is an ASHT member. And stuff that you can get CEUs for is amazing. Like it's free. So, you know, definitely capture that opportunity. But yeah, I think it's it's great. Thank you so much for doing that, you know, and and seeing that through. Yes, absolutely. It was my pleasure. I was passionate about education and I feel like this is this is really important. It's tough when the schools don't cover the content quite as clearly and we don't all have the opportunity to have a mentor beside us and I think this is probably the next best thing and you know, not to go on plugging, but I do think if if there are people who who are in that kind of environment where they don't have a mentor or they're not in a busy teaching facility or they're in a rural environment, you know, ASHT again offers free mentoring pairings. And I really feel like the mentoring program and the Upper Extremity Institute go hand in hand. And they really are it's a great framework for anybody who is considering sitting for the CHT exam or just trying to refine their skill set. And you can get paired with a mentor and you can watch Upper Extremity Institute for free. Granted, it's you know almost a year-long program, but leaving that, I think you have a lot of tools, you know, that will be quite beneficial. So side note, if someone is interested in the mentoring. How can they get involved with that? Because I know the group is always looking for mentors to pair those mentees with. So can you tell our listeners how to get involved with that, either as a mentor or a mentee? Yes, I will do the best I can in this. So I did pass <laughs> the charge of this over to Jill. So yes. Um, yes. we did put up a, a form on the website on the ASHT website. So if you go to the mentoring program on the ASHT website, there should be a form for you to, you know, just kind of a link that you can click and you fill out a form and you indicate whether or not you are hoping to be a mentor and provide mentorship, or you are looking for a mentor. And that information will then get filtered down to the lead of that program right now. And she will help to coordinate, generally trying to be in the same geographic area, if at all possible, get you hooked up with a mentor. And then that process is up to you. (laughs) And maybe part of it is attending the Upper Extremity Institute. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it definitely is a good place to start. Yeah. It just amazes me the numbers and how much that mentor, mentee, 
pairing had increased. I'm not sure of the exact numbers as of today, but I know there's they're pretty high and I know the demand is there. So that's a wonderful program as well. Yeah. I wish it existed when I was me too. (laughs) (laughs) So much I learned on my own. (laughs) Cause I am one of those clinicians that live kind of remotely and I don't work or didn't at that time work with a lot of experienced hand therapists. So it was really tough for me and I struggled, I'm sure, just like like you did, Alessia, and, you know, they didn't have that mentorship back then. <laughs> so true. It's so true. I, I'm so proud to be a part of both of that mentoring program and the Upper Extremity Institute. I think that, you know, at this point, you don't really have an excuse to not <laughs> to say, like, I couldn't learn this stuff. You have so many wonderful tools out there that ASHT provides. Great. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. And thank you so much. Everybody check out the Upper Extremity Institute. We'll put some links in the show notes, I think, so people can access it easily. Sounds great. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. You can listen on the ASHT website and or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Once subscribed, please rate and review the podcast to help us reach new listeners and continue offering valuable, relevant content. You've been listening to Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. To learn more about ASHT and to subscribe to the show, please visit ASHT.org. We'll see you next time on the Hands in Motion podcast. Podcast.